Hey lady, it's your host, Laura Day. Have you joined my newsletter yet? If you love this podcast and you want to stay in the know of everything Confessions of a Surf Lady, the best thing you can do is join my weekly newsletter. I post daily on Instagram, but I know that not everybody gets to see everything I post. So if you don't want to miss anything, click the link in the show notes or head to confessionsofasurflady.com forward slash join and join my weekly newsletter. All right, on to our episode. Hey lady, it's your host, Laura Day, and welcome to Confessions of a Surf Legend with Danger Woman Kim Hamrock. Just so you know, this is part two of a two-part episode, so if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that episode before you come back and listen to this one. In this episode, we'll be chatting with legend Kim Danger Woman Hamrock, world champion surfer, artist, musician, mother, and grandmother. We'll be asking Kim some of the same questions that we've asked you for our episodes. Kim will also be sharing with us a beautiful song she wrote and recorded called Surf Till the Day You Die. All right, let's get to it. So I went, so on, on our podcast, we ask women questions like specific to women surfing. And what we do is we ask for anonymous confession. So everybody can contribute what they have to say. So I want to ask you some of the same questions that we've asked our, our listeners. So they'll have kind of a point, of, point to relate to you with. So I think we've covered this a little bit, but I want to ask anyway. So how do you feel about the way women are represented in the surf industry? And you can talk about back in the 70s or even now or whatever you want. I think it's hard because you know, from how it was in the 70s to now, even the 90s to now is so different. You know, women were just, as always, portrayed as the sex symbols for surfing. And, that's, and that was part of the politics for the advertising. Right. They want them to fit this mold. So if you didn't fit the mold back in the 70s, the way you're you weren't represented <laughs> straight up, <laughs> you know? And then now, and there's been some beautiful, sexy, just graceful surfers now. Look at these young girls, you know? And it doesn't even matter what they look like. Their surfing style's so beautiful. Right. But I think their they're portrayed still got that stigma but the feminine energy on the planet is changing changing fast changing very strongly yes yep and that's a very good thing for everybody because the women are so much more nurturing and caring and i've seen the change in men and women and and i mean look at these look at the new appointees for the mm-hmm. city of LA County Board of Supervisors, all women. Right. City Council, all women. Wow. We could use a little balance here, you guys. <laughs> but anyhow, I think they're, they're portrayed now differently as far as, as athletes. They're more portrayed as athletes than they are just as, I don't know, whatever better thing to say than sex symbols. Right. Do you see um, a shift in the way men are treating women in the water from back in the 70s to now? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's always been 
nice, nice men out there that love to see women out in the water. Unfortunately, I didn't come across a lot of them for a long time or I wasn't aware of it because, and it might've just been, you know, so busy fighting with these other guys. I didn't notice the good ones out there. I shouldn't say that. I did notice there's always been some nice guys, but it seems like so many of the men are so much more accepting of the women in the water. They love seeing them surf now. And then there's many days out. I've been out. There's more women than there are guys. Right. You know, and, and it's just, it's more how it should be. Yeah. I just want to surf. When I go, there's no gender when you're surfing. And and I've had a saying too for like many years, giving my students lessons. I go, and the wave, the ocean doesn't care. The waves mm-hmm. don't care. They're going to beat me as hard as they're going to beat you. The only difference is I might know how to get out of the way better. Right. <laughs> And I tell them straight up, if, if you're a control freak, give it up because Mother Ocean is the one ah. who's going to be in control. So, That's you, right. yeah, you got to learn. got to learn to adjust. got to learn to change. I think one of the most beautiful things about surfing is you have no choice but to be in the moment. And you better be ready to be in the next moment and then the next yeah. moment and then the next moment. <laughs> right. It's really you have to be alert and aware on so many levels. So on that on that note, we did a, an episode of uh, near drowning stories where women phoned in and they told us their near drowning stories. Do you have one? I sure do. <laughs> What's and your the only reason one? I didn't drown was because I was too embarrassed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was surfing up in Santa Cruz. There's Pleasure Point, and then just a little bit north of that is a reef, a little reef break called, I think it's called Sewers. Um, and I was surfing that. It was a good, fun day, but it comes right out onto a very flat, shallow reef. And I, it was so shallow that when I fell, I made sure that I landed flat. Literally, almost like a starfish. And mm-hmm. I tuck my tailbone in and land as flat as I can. And so I landed flat on this reef. And all this kelp, it was like a sea monster. It just wrapped me up, tied me up. And it held me down and around my neck and everything. Wow. And there were so many strands of kelp, I didn't even know how to get them off of me. And I'm literally, I'm going to say my nose is one inch under the water. I can see wow. the surface. It's right there. And I can't move. Maybe, maybe a little deeper than that, maybe six inches, whatever it is. I, I just, I couldn't move. So I'm like my first foremost thought, and this is for every single one of you surfers out there, stay calm. Rule number mm-hmm. one, stay calm, whatever it takes, whatever you have to do in your mind, stay calm. Do not panic. (laughs) (laughs) So I held my breath and I took the strands off my neck first. And then, you know, little by little, I took them all off. By the time I came up, I was in shin deep water, (laughs) puking, trying to get my breath. (laughs) And so um, with all due respect of the ocean, she's always in charge. Yeah. Yeah. and, And heads up. I'm just as aware in half foot surf as I am in 30 foot surf. So this is this is I think our most popular discussion that we've had on the podcast. It's been the one episode that we had about it has been listened to more than anything else. And the question that we asked is what intimidated you most about learning how to surf? And I know you covered that a little bit in the book, but I'd love to hear from you. Some of the things that you were intimidated by when you started surfing. 
Well, I learned on rocky beaches, so <laughs> the rocks were intimidating and wasn't wearing a leash then. But I would say it was by far all the fights in the water. I didn't want to get yeah. hit by anybody. I didn't want to get in a fight. I, I wasn't worried about my board hitting me. I never really thought about that, but, you know, I learned to cover my head years ago. Um, I was most intimidated definitely by the, the guys that were out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess when I think about that, I, I guess the best story I could relate to that. I have a story for everything. If you want to yes, get another please, one, please, please. <laughs> um, they'll be in, they'll be in my next, my next book, my next book or series of books are just going to be called, uh, the adventures of danger woman. <laughs> Perfect. That's it. And I've got so many stories. So, but I remember I went to Australia and this was early 1980 and I know the Australian men were much more aggressive mm -hmm. they didn't seem to care for women in the lineup at least these are all the things I had in my head probably true <laughs> <laughs> and so I was really really scared and I was most intimidated to go and surf with these guys that didn't want women in the water and were going to be aggressive towards me you know so um they even would take off in front of me like or attempt to and like growl <laughs> really yeah or yeah i'm my wave you know and and i just went anyhow yeah because if i let them go once then they would continue doing it and i thought if i could stand up for myself on just once and pray to god i made the wave because i'd only yeah. been surfing like two years and um i i just remember that i was so intimidated but when i went anyhow and it was a good wave after that the guys they were all cheering me on and and they were super stoked and everything. So, man, yeah, I was most afraid of the guys. Yeah, that's that. It's interesting that you talk about Australia because there's one um, experience that I bring up when I moved to Australia back in 2013 or 2014 back then. Um, and I was trying to get out and surf. I was really nervous about what the, the lineup culture was going to be like because I didn't want to assume that it was anything like what I know at home, you know. Um, and I met this guy that I would go surfing with and immediately he told me that if I didn't, if I wasn't aggressive enough and I wasn't paddling for every wave that I could potentially catch, then no one would ever back off for me to catch a wave if I didn't show them that I could catch it if I wanted to. And he, he specifically said, if you don't do that, especially because you're a woman, no one's ever going to give you a wave. Um, but what was nice about that is it kind of cleared up for me like, oh, OK, I'm not really going to offend anyone by really trying hard to get into waves. And it's his advice really served me. It helps me catch a lot more waves. It helped me feel a lot less intimidated and helped kind of like evil, even the playing field for me when I was out there. Yeah, it's a dog eat dog world. And, and if you <laughs> don't show your strength like that, you know, you will be eaten alive. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I must have taken it to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be too aggressive either. You know, I became right. so feisty because I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated, like, God, I just want to surf. Everybody leave me alone. And um, I surf. I do everything I can to avoid crowds now. I still surf mm -hmm. Malibu once. Well, that's different. That When I go there, <laughs> I have that Malibu attitude. Tell me what the Malibu attitude is. <laughs> well... I, I almost hate to say it, but, you know, I mean, when there's 200 people out on a, on a three spot takeoff, mm 
Right. You know, things happen. And it seems like everybody's always dropping in on everybody. And and there's everyone from the most novice surfer, surfer even taking a lesson to the most expert, phenomenal longboarders out there and shortboarders. Right. Oh, my gosh. Alan Sarlo, one of my favorites. Love that guy. Just rips. You can catch more waves on a shortboard than anyone on a longboard out there. But anyhow, so, yeah, there are a lot of people dropping in on people and you don't you just kind of accept that. Yeah. But the problem is you'll notice that the really good surfers aren't dropping in on each other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, maybe if you know them, if you don't know them, I'm not <laughs> sure what happens. And it's kind of like that down at Blackie's, too, except that's, you know, I call that the old man's of North Orange County. <laughs> I I always always thought it was funny how many old man's surf breaks there were. And I always I have this ambition. I'm like, can we rename them <laughs> to feminine type <laughs> names? I call it old ladies. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I I think it just depends where you're surfing. But you should, I don't know. Like, yeah, if I'm going to go out at Huntington Pier, certainly not going out with a Malibu attitude. <laughs> right. I'm going out with the 70s attitude. Because <laughs> that hasn't changed. Really? I get more harassed at my own home break. Yeah, because, you know, the older guys used to keep the younger guys in line. Mm-hmm. Just a pecking order. An old surfing pecking order. And... That no longer applies since there's, you know, lawsuits and there's this and there's too many people and that. So these little kids got attitude because that's what the older guys taught them, you know, and they, I I don't think I've ever surfed there without getting dropped in. I rarely surf there, even though it's like right down the street from me, Mm -hmm. just because I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And if I do surf there, it's usually on some different weird type of board. Like I have a, um, a liar board. Oh, I forgot what they call it. I can't call my brain today. I have a wooden belly board that I like uh-huh. to ride out there. And that board is so fast. I can actually take off deeper than the long borders. They always haunt me anyhow. Really? Yeah. I have to have fins on. The thing's just so fast. And then the long borders usually fade out. There's a deep section before it comes to the next inside section. And all I do is shove that thing in front of me and kick real hard while I have my speed up. And I come flying into the inside section. And, you know, I do wear a helmet when I do that because I'm like at head level to all these guys trying to drop in on me mm-hmm. and they splash water in my face and they're pissed off because I'm wasting the wave on a belly board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I come right into the shore break, do a big L rollo right up the sand. And sometimes I can slide back down the sand without even getting off the board and do it all over again. I, I like, I just play games. You know, I do play games. Like go back to Malibu. When it's that crowded, instead of getting upset, my goal was to see how many how many people I could pass on one wave. <laughs> my record is five. Really? <laughs> and um, yeah, I just do silly things. I just make stuff up. I stay creative and just try and keep things light. Another thing you can do when guys are really aggro and you're out in the water and they're burning you or something, and you know, go, and you're just going, you having fun? Yeah. <laughs> is that surfing fun? Isn't this great? <laughs> When one of the one of the uh, parts of the book that you, I really thought was so funny was you said that there was a guy that was crowding you that, that you know it was it was maybe you and him out there not many other people but he was like sitting really close to you um, and you asked him if 
he could help you with a homework assignment or a college project. <laughs> could you tell us about that? Because I want to hear it from you because it's, it's really funny. Well, I used to think I was cursed because I could just never surf alone, no matter where I went. I could be out in the ocean all alone, and that's what happened on this day. Just me and my husband were out, and we were um, we were just surfing on a crappy day. Just wanted to be out there, you know. And some guy comes out and starts getting all aggressive, and I, I can't see another surfer up and down the water as far as I can see. So, you know, and this happened to me over and over again. And so um, I'm not going to go into that story that's in, in the book, but I started asking like coming up with different creative things and asking people. And, and I would ask him, um, I want to ask you, it's really curious because there's no one out in the ocean why you'd want to sit right next to me, you know, or next to somebody, mm -hmm. you know? And so this kid finally goes, well, you really want to know the truth? I'm like, of course I do. Why else would I be asking? And he's like, I'm scared to surf alone. Wow, well, I never really thought about that. But if a guy has the balls to tell you he's too scared to surf alone, Right. I'm going to surf with him because you can have any wave you want. I'm like, okay, oh, thank you. <laughs> but so, you know, that gave me a whole different perspective. I've had a lot of guys just give me a dirty look and paddle away. I mean, like I said, a human behavior is absolutely fascinating. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for sharing your book with us today. Can you tell everybody where they can find it? Yeah. Um, because I'm re-editing and I quit putting it out at different stores, but you can still get it at the Frog House in Newport Beach. And you can get it at Rock and Figs Shop up in uh, um, Huntington Beach. And I forgot the name of my friend's shop. Woody's Resin, I think it's called. John, forgive me, down in Oceanside. And then I know Peter Pan has it out on the East Coast. And then other than that, just go to Amazon. Amazon.com. Where else? Yeah. <laughs> or that's right. if you want it, you know, call me. I'll meet you at the beach, go surfing to, if it fits and we can work it out. Well, I already have it, but I will meet you at the beach and go yeah. surfing with you. <laughs> and then once I re edit, I will go back and do the book signings because it was so beautiful to do those and surf with all these women and share stories, share products. That's that's how I. Yeah. I'll, that's how I met you, Laura. Exactly. Well, thanks so much, Kim. We'll check in with you soon. Okay, Laura, thank you. Okay. Many blessings and catch more waves. Thank you so much, Kim, for joining us on this edition of Confessions of a Surf Legend. As I've mentioned before, I am beyond stoked and honored to have you here on the podcast and to call you a friend. Now, a word to our listeners. Go and pick up a copy of My Grandma Surfs Better Than You, A Woman's Guide to Catching More Waves. You can get your copy at any of the locations that Kim has listed, or you can head over to Amazon, and I will put the link in the show notes for you. All right, lady, we have reached the end of the episode, but not the end of the conversation. Thanks again for joining me and bringing your unique and beautiful self to our lineup. Now, as promised, here is Kim Danger Woman Hamrock's song, Surf Till the Day I Die.
So good. 